Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and I sound a little better now than I do in this interview that you're going to hear me in. Yeah, I don't know. I just lost my voice a little bit, and that's not very conducive when you are a podcast host. Uh, So forgive today's interview with Dr. Nima Moore. I I don't sound like my beautiful voice, Uh, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Today's episode is, you know, when I kind of reflected on all the different things that Dr. Nima and I talked about, it really circled around this idea of this season that we're in, like literally this December season, you know, I am so cliche. I laugh like um, I think it gets to December and I start reflecting on the year, right? Like I know that at any point you can reflect on a past and like look at going forward, but I'm old school. I'm normal. And I like to, in December, I really start to think about the year and what it brought me emotionally and what it brought me physically in like my my physical body, in my spiritual body, um, my career, where are my relationships at? What kind of growth have I done as a whole? So why I really love this conversation is because you can tell that's where my brain has been. So Dr. Nima and I, we're going to talk about burnout today. Um, I give just a very hypothetical example of a workaholic who doesn't want to stop. It's not me. You can't prove I was talking about myself. Um, And then we kind of transition into, you know, from burnout, we kind of transition into as a team setting yourself up for support and that annual meeting of like getting your team involved in the in the vision casting for the next year. Um, And so this is just a really great episode for anyone who is wanting to kind of do an assessment of where have I been over the last few months, emotionally, physically, spiritually, career-wise, all of those different wheels. And what do I want more of in 2022? What do I want less of? And how do we, because as entrepreneurs, for those of you that own your own business, we really are, our mental and physical health kind of depends on other people 
helping us with this business, with this baby, right? And learning to hire appropriately and trust and get those people really to buy in on an emotional level to what you're creating. And I believe that a big part of where that buy-in happens is from from you, the leader, and a lot of that forecasting that happens for the annual meeting. So this year, we have a little things different. We're not doing our annual meeting in December uh, because we have two doctors starting the beginning of March on our team. So we're doing (laughs) what we're doing is we're prepping for the annual meeting so we have like our core team which is kirby and me and our current doctor dr jess and actually our intern who is going to be hired on she's going to sit in on the planning and then our marketing and office manager we're going to sit in and get uh kind of plan what the meeting is going to be we'll kind of do this reflection point But honestly, because of the amount of inspiration and like the huge addition of like we're doubling the size of our doctors, we want to have that big, long annual meeting where we're dreaming and doing that teamwork when everyone's on. So that's why we kind of kicked ours out to uh, the beginning of March. So um, but today, oh, before I tell you about today's guest, it is a listener highlight. Uh, So this one is from Sison. Sison. See, sees sun. Maybe this is a son of the sea. He is a sailor man. I, I don't know if it's a sailor. I'm assuming it's not a sailor. Just gonna say it. Um, and it is five stars. And it says celebrating this podcast. As a newly retired chiropractor with 40 years of practice history, how I wish this type of shared community was available as I was learning the ins and outs of practice. What Dr. Lauren offers is a gold mine of true honesty, helpful guidance, and pure loving on those who wish to make a positive impact on our communities. Thank you, Dr. Lauren, for offering support to all, including new and seasoned practitioners and those like me who appreciate connecting with our sisters and some brothers now. Okay, she, okay, she acknowledged there's some boys who listen in chiropractic. Oh, thank you, Cecil, C's son. We've concluded you're probably not a boy. Definitely not a sailor. You confirmed you are a chiropractor. Thank you so much for that listener highlight. Um, I I love knowing that what we're doing is helping young, old, retired, non-chiropractors, etc. And sometimes I wonder if you guys just leave reviews with really interesting things to see how I'm going to like spin it and uh, <laughs> talk about your review. Okay, so today is Dr. Nima T. Moore. Uh, she's originally from Michigan, and she holds a biology secondary education degree from Elizabeth, Elizabeth, that's my middle name, but I can't say it, from Elizabeth City State University. After graduating, she was a high school biology teacher for three years. Oh, that's interesting, because we didn't actually talk about that in her history, um, which I find interesting. But in her heart, she always wanted to be in the health field, so a career change was evident. After teaching for several years, she was accepted to the prestigious Palmer College of Chiropractic, where she obtained her D.C. degree. Her focus is on helping women entrepreneurs to be healthy and fit without becoming overwhelmed. She's been in practice for over a decade and currently owns two offices in Dallas, Texas, and Richmond, Virginia. Wait a minute. VA is Virginia, right, guys? What what else would it be? It's Virginia. My God, I'm an idiot. I skipped third grade. That's where I learned state geography, I'm convinced. Or I was supposed to. Uh, where did I, you guys, come 
Uh, both of those clinics focus on combining physical and mental health together. She's an author and a CBD advocate. She currently practices concierge chiropractic in Northern Virginia, where she resides. Most importantly, she's a mom to an amazing 15-year-old twins and wife to an entrepreneur husband. Oh, gosh. How am I supposed to pronounce this name? Hamdia? That's what I'm going to say. That looks what it sounds. Uh, Hamdia Moore. Uh, I'm also a CBD advocate. Can we just talk about that for a second? Like, um, we didn't, her and I didn't talk about CBD in here, but I have been using CBD pretty well. I used it regularly in starting in about July of 2020 when I started having, okay, I don't like to call them panic attacks because that just seems so like, ugh, dramatic. But occasionally I had to stop what I was doing and lie on the floor um, and focus on breathing. Uh, so, you know, whatever. You can call that what you want. And up until then, I'd been really skeptical about CBD. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know why. Just because, like, it was kind of like the coconut oil. Does anybody Is anybody here old enough to remember when coconut oil became, like, the greatest thing in the world? And it was like, coconut oil can cure everything. Um, so then I was like, oh, CBD and then some of the claims, but I started using it for stress. And I also really looked at the dosing that I was using because I, you know, a lot of CBD like gummies are like 10 milligrams or, you know, and so I looked at the dosing and found out that for me and what I was looking for, that just was not going to cut it. So I found the right dosing and I found a good company that I really, um, looked into and liked what they, what they were doing. Um, I didn't go to go to my gas station and buy some CBD. Let's just say that. And so this company works with chiropractors. I like them a lot. And um, what was their name? Dao, Dao Zen. Yes. <laughs> you can tell how often I look at the actual label. But yeah, it's called Dao Zen. Uh, Kirby will attach a link in the show notes if you guys are interested. I think. Oh, boy. This is like the worst podcast host moment. I think that if you reach out to them that you get like some big $150 free gift of trial CBD. But anyways, that's not what this is about. That's not how I started this. I got down this like rabbit hole sidetrack story of I like CBD and it has helped with my anxiety. I like that I can take it on days where I'm feeling extra anxious, but I don't need to take it every single day. Um, and I, I don't know. It's just it's my thing. Because I am avoiding meditation, right? So like, hey, why would I sit and meditate when I could just take some CBD? All right, folks, let's pray and then get to this awesome conversation. Dear God, thank you so much for moments of reflection, months of reflection, um, whether we in this Newtonian field of time, I don't know if Newtonian is in time is in the same field, but when we look at things in such a calendar year, uh, it's so funny and small. It's so small to look at the last 12 months and what our process is when we are here to make big change over 40, 50, 60, 100 years, you know, whatever we're blessed to be on this earth for. Um, so for those that maybe didn't have a great year, maybe those that are really dealing with burnout, uh, for those that don't have a good team, that their career is not where they want, their physical body is not where they want, their mental body is not where they want, their connection with you is not where they want, um, give them a little hug right now. 
and let them know that like to not judge 2021 too harshly and that you have so much more planned for them in in the rest of their life and their career and to look back and not judge or shame anything that did or did not happen but to take those lessons with them going forward because I believe that all of these stupid hurdles that piss me off that I just wish life could be easier I believe they're there that they're they're here to make me better and they're here because it's a lesson that whether next month or next year or 10 years from now I'm going to be you know maybe with my child and something maybe it's not even for me maybe it's a lesson that down the road my child is going to need that wisdom from me that I learned only through going through hardship. Um, so thank you for people like Dr. Nima who are there to share and be vulnerable and share their story and help women and males and entrepreneurs and chiropractors um, see themselves through a lens that, you know, it's difficult to see ourselves and to move forward um, one step at a time, better and stronger. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, one more thing down in the show notes will be a link to Dr. Nima's mastermind that her and I talk about uh, towards the end of the episode that is coming up on this Thursday, December 16th. I think that's a Thursday. I don't have a calendar in front of me, um, but it's coming up very quickly if you were listening on the release date of this. And if you're listening after, don't worry. I think there's multiple in 2022 that you're not too late. All right, crew. Here's my conversation with Dr. Nima Moore. I hope you enjoy. Around here, we just kind of start. And then I always hate saying like, welcome to the show, but I have no other way to say it. So right. <laughs> you welcome have to, to the damn it. show, Dr. Nima. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was telling my audience a couple episodes ago that like, if you haven't been to one of the WDC events, you got to go because- right. I came back with all these new friends to interview. I feel like since so then I've awesome. just been like, so we met and you yes. just seemed like a delight instantly. And I was like, I need to have you on the show. So welcome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It was, I wish I had got to talk to you even more, but yes, the, the event was amazing. And I'm just so glad to be with you, with you here today. So for people who don't know you, um, what is like, where, what's your story, girl? <laughs> what? Who, who are you? Right. I feel like there's a lot of different layers, layers to me, but for all those out there that are meeting me today, my name's Dr. Dima Moore. I'm a chiropractor. I am a speaker and, um, I help women gain confidence, optimize their health, decrease their stress and help them to go from burnout to bliss. Um, Do you work with like chiropractors specifically? Oh, I work with everybody. So it's not just specific to Kairos. Um, I work with women who are in the entrepreneurial space, some men as well, um, but mostly women. Me too. I'm like, <laughs> it takes a very specific kind of man to like, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> they exist, but not many. I found one to marry. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been practice? Um, I've been practicing since 2002. Okay. So um, I opened my own practice uh, when my twins were about six months old. So back in 2005, I opened up, well, yep, 2005. Uh, well, actually 2006, I opened up my first practice and did um, an independent, con I actually 
stair step my way. So I did like a, an associateship first, and then I did an independent contractor and then stepped off into starting my own practice. Okay. So anytime that, sorry, how old are you? I'm 48. Okay. So anytime that a woman in her forties is helping other women not deal with burnout, uh, usually there has been um, some life lessons that really had you at a point of burnout. Sure. Did you just overstep everything? No, 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 no. I think anytime you're in the entrepreneur space, you constantly battle um, getting to the edge of burnout and coming back. But there was definitely more of a pivotal point when I was actually in practice. My twins were much younger than they are now. Um, I was in the middle of going through a divorce from their father and I was just overwhelmed, you know, with um, at that time I had been practicing the kids. I'd been practicing for about eight, seven or eight years by that point because the twins were about that old and um, going through, you know, a lot of stuff in my personal life and just kind of overwhelmed with the practice and running my own household Um, becoming a single mom at that time. And I just felt really burnt out. I did not have much of a team, like the same week that I was making some transitions from my home to living on my own. um, My front desk person who I had had for like the last two years quit. Uh, Well, she didn't quit. She was giving me her notice. So um, it wasn't super abrupt. And then I had a massage therapist working for me at the time. She quit that week too. So like all in the same week that I was like, yeah, I'm going to move out on my own. It was also the same week that um, two people who I really depended on also left. So I was just definitely feeling timing. (laughs) Yeah. So, but that that's, it happens like that sometimes uh, for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just life. And it it does feel like when it it is so life. I was talking to a friend the other day who she's um, going to therapy and like trying to get, and she's in that, like got the young kids, owns her business. And she's talking about like all these other things that are happening. And she feels like she's not able to be doing the work that her therapist has her doing because all these other people are getting in the way. And I'm like, do you ever feel like that's the universe? Like, you know, what's they say? Like if God, if you ask God for patience, what do you think he's going to give you? He's going to give you opportunities to practice patience. And so I feel like with so many women, it does feel like seriously right now, another thing and it's like yeah the universe kind of works that way where it's like I'm going to make sure you learn this lesson real good absolutely I think you know the only way you get strength and grow is through adversity right it it doesn't come just by having everything on a silver platter it just doesn't work like that so when I was going through that time I just felt very alone and that's the reason I felt alone I felt that I didn't have anyone who was a few steps ahead of me to guide me. Um, so I went out and got a life coach at the time. I went out and got therapy. So I went out and got those people who supported me. Um, I did have a business coach at the time, but I just always, as a woman in practice, I always kind of felt like not wanting to share my vulnerable side when it came to business. I felt that I had to be very manly. Was your um, coach a man? Yeah, he was a man. Yeah. So I just always felt that I had to be, you know, a very manly (laughs) 
person, even though I'm so not a manly person. But I just mean like I didn't I couldn't show my womanly side like that. I'm a mom that I want to cry that, you know, I need a break, those type of things. So, yeah. yeah. So how did you then start to transition like how long did this period last? Because I feel like so often when we hear people's stories, yeah, we we kind of like think in our head, like, wow, that sounds like a bad week, but you got therapy <laughs> in a month, it was good. How long did that process take? I love this. This is so good because it's so true, right? No, it wasn't just a bad week. So <laughs> it was like about, um, probably about four years, honestly, when I think about it. Um, because it was two years, like kind of just kind of, um, on, so I'm going to say, yeah, about three or four years that I kind of felt very burnt out and, um, from practice. And I actually ended up stepping away from my practice because it was just way too much. Like shut the doors or like brought an associate in? Nope. I shut the doors. Wow. Yep. I shut the doors and I went to work for a physical therapist, uh, a couple hours away and I just needed a break mm-hmm. and I just needed a break. I didn't have support. So, um, you know, I encourage women to find that team. I think that's one of the things that's not talked about. Um, I'm not sure if mostly women chiropractors are going to watch this or not, but um, there it's very depending on where you live. My I'm from Michigan and I was living in Virginia, so I didn't have any family there. I didn't have any support. And I think that is really one of the biggest detriments that kind of got me to that place of just not having support and just not asking even Mm -hmm. for some support. I had somewhat of a team, like when it came to my kids, but I still needed way more support than I did, uh, that I had in my office and, and just personal life and in professional life. So I think it can be very challenging for a woman in practice who doesn't have an office team um, and encourage to find your team um, inside and outside. I just kind of was winging it, you know, when it came to that. I kind of knew I had a team, needed a team, but if I would have had someone coaching me more so on that, mm-hmm. I probably would not have shut my doors at the time. I probably would have stayed and just kind of, you know, got more support. Yeah. So, how did you transition back into practice? Like, do you feel like, do you feel like you waited until you were in a good place to open the doors or do you feel like re-coming back into practice was a part of what like helped you get to the good place? Okay, so what I did was, and this is this is gonna be part of my story, some of it you don't currently know, um, but what I did was I, I still had a love, like I don't always play well with others in the sandbox. I'm just a very strong personality. So um, I hadn't really worked for anyone. So when I went to work for an amazing doctor, he's awesome. Like I send patients to him. Um, he, was a, he wasn't a chiropractor. He was a PT, a DPT. So, but I was the chiropractor in the office. So I still kind of had my own thing going because he really needed my, um, expertise to run his office, but it was his office. So, you know, he was, he was the person in charge, but it was definitely a nice break. And then I went to work for another doctor after that, who was having some kind of stair step back into practice. Um, and just kind of, I I ended up getting remarried again, (laughs) 
<laughs> so um, I, I had more of a support. He's an entrepreneur um, as well and owned his own business. So um, he definitely understood what it meant to be in the business world and run your own business. So that that really helped. And that kind of his support helped me kind of get back on track with with practicing again. Okay. But honestly, now I just practice for fun. <laughs> um, so that, well, that might sounds be, fantastic. Uh, so, so I know everyone says that because I what happened was I ended up opening up another office. So okay. I'm actually um, this may be confusing to some people, but as I was in, I went back to practice and I love seeing patients and I still see patients. I still am licensed in the state of Virginia. I always will be um, licensed in the state of Virginia, but I wanted to create some more leverage for myself and I wanted to use my degree in other ways, um, whether it be coaching, speaking, um, writing a book, which I have a book coming out in the spring. Um, I wanted to kind of leverage my degree in a different way. So I decided to step a little bit away from practice um, and start something else. <laughs> so my husband and I actually own um, two offices. We actually own three altogether, but um, him and I own two together where I am the CEO of one in Dallas, Texas and one in Richmond, Virginia. So I run them remotely. What'd you say? Those are very far apart. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, they are very far apart. And I live near none of them. I live, I don't live near the Richmond office. I'm two hours away. I run them both remotely. Um, we have licensed people in place, but I wanted to create more leverage in my life. Um, when it came to being an entrepreneur. And so now I serve a different community um, who suffer from um, mental illness. So actually now I've stepped into more of a mental wellness space. Um, my office, my husband owned an office and I was constantly saying, you know, the clients that you serve, like, do they know about meditation? Do they know about um, mindfulness? Do they know about you know, that sugar is not good for them and that they shouldn't be eating so much fast food. And he would just be like, no, 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 because his staff did not include a health professional. They had mental health professionals, but that's not the same as a health professional. And so we decided to come together and, and form a business where we could combine mental health and physical health and put them together to actually educate the community. So now we serve people who have suffer from anxiety, depression, um, and I serve as the CEO of those businesses where I come in as the health expert and um, teach the staff so they can go out and teach the community about what it means to be truly well. Okay. So you had said something a little bit ago where you feel like people tend to get to the brink of burnout and then kind of cycle back. Um, so when you have, let's say more specifically, like a chiropractor yeah. that reaches out and they are at the brink. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the like initial, like, how do you kind of assess their life be, and go like, okay, here's, here's how we need to make a plan for you. What do you start with, with them? Well, the first thing we do is like a life assessment and it's like a life, a wheel of life is what it's called. And on the wheel of life, it has all these different compartments of your personal life, your family life, your financial life, your spiritual life, your career. Um, we assess all the aspects of that are on the wheel. It's like 12 aspects to the wheel. 
And then we determine like what top three things that you really, really, really want to work at. See, the thing about burnout is it doesn't necessarily always come from just work. Um, It can come from being a parent. It can come from being a caregiver. It can come from a romantic relationship. So burnout comes in a lot of different forms that people don't realize. So we first have to get to the root, of course, right? That's what we love to do as chiropractors is get to the root of things of, you know, what do you really want to change and what is lacking in your life? So what once is, we, sorry, I told you I, yeah, I have a bad yeah, habit. Yeah, go ahead. Like, so what I tend to do with guests is I, it's all about me. I don't know if you know, there's <laughs> no listeners on this podcast. This is just how I get free therapy. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's just say we hypothetically have a 35 year old woman who has three clinics going on four, uh, three doctors going on four, loves her children, would not return them, even if that was an option. Right. Um, And is feeling on the brink of burnout, like to the point where it's maybe affecting her ability to talk like a normal human and her larynx. Yeah. Yeah. So what I deal with a lot is I don't want anything to change. Like, I I actually want more. I, I don't want to see less people. I want to see more people. I don't want less clinic. Like, so if I were your client and I said, well, I don't necessarily know if I want anything to change other than I just want to be able to do it all. I guess the question is when you say, so you want, so you feel like you can't do it all. Is that what you're saying? Apparently, my mental and physical health are indicating that it's not matching what I want to do. Okay. But you're saying you want to drive forward. Yes. And I'm mad at this mental and physical body for being so weak. And I just have more energy and just suck it up. Okay. I don't want to do that. Right. So the question is, what do you do to pour back into yourself? That's not about just driving to get more. Um, I, I mean, I, I sleep at night okay. and I work out like five or six days a week and I take some supplements when I remember. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> that does count. And I think it's just something's missing. There's still something missing. Like if we did the wheel on you and we, we started talking about like, OK, what's how do you really feel about this part about your life? you know, from zero to 10, we love zero to 10. Um, How do you feel about this part of your life? Is this a 10? Are you like nailing it? We go through all those different parts. Something is missing and something is out of alignment. Is rest one of the wheels? Yes. I mean, because that that goes into your health and wellness. Because I said I sleep, but it's more because I work so hard and don't rest at all that like my body shuts down at the end of the night. So I just got chills because what came to my mind now is like really getting to the root of what is that all about? What is that all about of not sleeping? Like, what are you running from or to? <laughs> well, I, the, the story I tell myself of like, well, what are you trying to achieve is yeah. like, well, I'm trying to achieve happy kids and a healthy okay. body that, you know, can fit in my skinny jeans and, um, relationship, you know, so we got date night and like, even like date night turns into like a checklist thing, right. Mm -hmm. Of like be a good wife, like Mm -hmm. be present, go on the date. And then, um, you know, go to church, do your meditation, do your journal. Like, it's like, I have a master of turning all of those things that we call, or that we like say are good for mental health. I turn them into a checklist and then I'm like done. Right. Yes. 
So what's giving you joy then? Oh, I hate when people ask me that um, because my answer is like meeting goals, but I don't think it actually is. No, I think there's something deeper here with, you know, like, what is your reason? Like the why question I, I once heard someone say, like asking seven whys, you know, like why is it important for you to achieve the eight or 10 offices or, you know, why is that important? Hmm. Okay. So you're, you're thinking I would need to have an answer to that. <laughs> that would be helpful. Yeah. I mean, what does that represent for you? Obviously that represents something for you. Um, well, do you know what the Enneagram is? No. Okay. Ooh. Oh, I need to figure out your Enneagram. Um, okay. Well, I'm an Enneagram three. And so threes tend to just really want success and they want other people to see them being successful. Okay. And why? Uh, Be successful. So they like me and admire me. Okay. All right. So that's the root of, of this. A lot of this is like, I have to be, what is success then? Success is what number for you? Is it going to be a certain number of offices? No, it's just endless. That's the beauty is it can just keep going forever and ever. (laughs) That you never reach it. Because <laughs> we, you're just running after a carrot. Like what is, like, what is the goal that you're trying? What's going to happen when you reach that? Like, what are you trying? What are you? Because now it's sounding like you're going after something that, like you said, it has no end. Right. Correct. I mean, and, and it's fine to have a goal and then like maybe you set a goal and then create another goal. Well, I feel like if you're not chasing a goal, yeah, or you, you ha- I have this feeling of like not a lack of growth. So if I know, I definitely think you should have goals. Okay, so how would, you, how would you recommend that? Let's say somebody, because so for me, it's either you are growing and achieving yeah. or you're stagnant. And right. like, I, I tend to equate rest with stagnation. Okay, why? Well, because you're not doing anything. You're not accomplishing anything. Not necessarily. You could be restoring, which is what you're not taking time to do. And there's probably some holes there that you're not seeing just because you're constantly going, going, going. And your body needs rest and recuperation for you to see even more opportunity, for you to see that, you know what? Maybe I should go this path that can still get me to that whatever in monetary goal or, you know, allow me to spend, be more present with my kids or, or, you know, or go on this date night or just rest then versus just like, let me just drive, 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 drive. There's so many different ways to get to what you really want that. Talk about goals. Sure. Okay. So like if I don't have practice goals or you know, run a half marathon or like, those are the kind of goals that just tend yeah. to continue. So how do you coach a woman through like setting healthy goals? Cause I'm not going to put, take a nap as a goal. True. That exactly, exactly. So that wouldn't necessarily be a goal, but we would talk about that more. And that's why we have to separate those parts out. Like, okay, health wise, what are your goals? Right. We kind of have to break things down. So it's not all jumbled up together because nap is not necessarily going to be a goal, but rest might be one of your health goals. If we go into that health category, we might say that you do need more rest. 
So it wouldn't necessarily be your ultimate goal is to <laughs> take more naps, but it could be that, you know, restoring your body and giving, you know, setting sleep boundaries um, might be one of the goals of getting that down so that you can be more alert, be more present, be less grumpy. All those things come into play when you don't get enough sleep. So I think it just really depends on what you want. I always believe when we set goals, we need to work backwards. So if we're actually literally talking about setting goals, I always tell people, you know, let's go through these categories and see what is it that you really want to achieve. Let's put a date on it. And then let's work backwards to achieve that. Because then that allows you to see what preparation that you have to, we just did this in our staff meeting the other day for our goals for 2022 when we were setting our marketing plan. So it works for personal life and professional life. But I can tell you this, if you don't, you know this, and as doctors, we know this, if you don't have your health and your mental health, you have nothing. You're gonna miss some steps. You're gonna miss some opportunities because you ran yourself in the ground and oh my gosh, I need to take today off but yet it's the day that you should be, you know, speaking for Oprah or something, you know? Oh, um, I'm not going to take a nap. I'm going to speak to Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there yeah. could be something that you are unable to do because you've worn your body down. And that's not being in alignment with who the universe creator, God, who is really created you to be. That's not really the game plan. So, I mean... <sighs> I would imagine as a coach for burnout or like someone who likes to talk about burnout and help entrepreneurs and chiropractors with burnout, this driver personality is, I have, so I understand when you, when I told, I totally get it because I'm busy all the time, but I have created some, I, I definitely now know how to create ways to practice my wellness so that I can keep going, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that, I mean, that was kind of the question of like, how do you, how do, so you have this driver. Yeah. You're laughing at how ridiculous they are. Um, you go through the wheel. And so what if one of my goals is, I just want to be less stressed. How do you help someone? Because that's not a measurable goal or is it? Right. It's not really measurable. It is. It, it actually, it does become measurable because it becomes measurable in your health, it becomes measurable in your blood pressure. It becomes measurable in your hormone levels. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we really wanted to measure, we really probably could if we started looking at vitals and hormones and sleep and your cycle and how you feel around that. But health should be one of your goals. It oh, should. It yeah. should be a goal. Right. Like. That should be part of what you are driving towards is to be the healthiest version of yourself, not only money in the bank and more offices or whatever it is that you're trying more of the things health has to be one of your goals. It has to be. And, and yes, that includes things like eating better, taking a nap. It's gotta be one of those things that you put on your calendar that you do. And so for a person who likes to set goals, I would probably encourage you to put those things on the calendar, like getting a massage, like going to see the chiropractor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I get adjusted often. Luckily, I have associates. Okay, good. So you got got a chiropractor, but some chiropractors don't even have a chiropractor. No, it is insane. I ran into a chiropractor in town um, at the coffee shop yesterday. And he's like, ah, I've been meaning to come get an adjustment. And I'm like, okay, I saw you two months ago. Exactly. That 
have yep. tell me you've gotten adjusted since you said that last and he time. said no He's like no and i'm like what exactly what how are you a chiropractor who's getting adjusted like if that was a patient of mine i'd fire him i'd be like yeah no you're not well because we are doing what you're talking about we're working all the time and if you are a single practitioner you don't have that circle you know we there's a lot of islands out there when it comes to chiropractic like we're just out there on an island stranded by ourselves and so we have to make an appointment to go see another chiropractor it's just a lot we don't put again not putting health our own health on the as a goal so I would encourage a driver personality. You need to make your health and wellness. It needs to be one of your goals. It needs and all the things that go along with that. And if it's if you're someone who likes a checklist, right? Because of course a driver is going to like a checklist and to check things off. Then we need to put things on the calendar that you're going to do. And it can't be like, oh, last I had a massage ninety days ago. No, it needs to be something like once a week. Like you oh, have to, I don't have time. I don't have time. You have to have time. You either take the time now or your body will make you take the time. Oh God. I think I say that to my patients or something. Yes, we do. How, this is chiropractic in the living flesh. What do we say? Like when they come in to pay the bill, like when we give them a, a plan, we're like, you know, you can either come to us and pay this cash amount, you know, or you can go to the doctors and get all this medication and pay later. Mm -hmm. Which one do you want to do? And if your body is talking to you, it's you are out of alignment. You are out of alignment with how you are really, truly supposed to function. Well, good thing that was all hypothetical. I <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, I do it for my listeners, right? That's right. That's okay, right. So you said that you guys just did your 2022 planning yes. goal. So in the sense of goal. Oh, yummy too. It was so good. Okay. I feel like so many people really struggle to do this goal setting 2022 thing with their team. So can you talk to me about how you approach it, what your process, like, how do you walk them through it? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I love being able to do because, you know, um, and I know I'm not fully into practice. Like I said, I still see patients. I still have a little spot that I tell patients to go to in Wood Woodbridge, Woodbridge, Virginia, but Stepping out of being a solo practitioner, which is what I was, and now having a team in two separate locations, I had to level up as a leader because now I'm not just managing, you know, the little 20 year old at my front desk and a massage therapist. Now underneath me are other doctors who are the same level as me, um, which you understand that, right? As having associates and they have just as much, the people I hire underneath me, they have just as as much experience as I do at being a doctor um, in their own field. So I had to level up my leadership game as a, as a leader, as uh, looking at multiple staff members in two different states. So because of that, culture is a very big thing to me. Um, having proper culture, creating that team effort um, when it comes to goals is huge. So one of the things I wanted to do is we have to get all intentional. We have to all be intentional about growing the office because otherwise it's just in my head as the business owner. I'm just going, oh my God, we, because I'm just like everyone else. I'm not necessarily seeing patients. We call them clients in this, in this world, but I still need more of them. I still need more clients. We're still planning to open up other offices. Um, 
we still file insurance. So my life is still a lot the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wanted to make sure that my team was on board when we talked about getting new clients and I need them to buy into my vision. I need them. What'd you say? How do you do that? Well, for one, I always talk about that we're a team. We're all like, I cannot do my job and without them. And that all of us are directly affected by what goes on with each client, which is so true. Like we work as a team to help people change their lives to become better people. Like we're, we're just, we are literally changing people's lives. People who might would have shot up a building now don't do that because they're working with our company. Um, So it's, it's a big deal. So I share the vision with them, share what the vision is. Usually I, and I only hire people who love what they do. So I don't hire people who don't fit into the culture. Um, And when I say culture, I'm talking about like who I want to work with for my personality. Um, I'm not talking about finding my best friends either. Um, I'm talking about finding people who love what they do, who are going to be respectful um, to each other and to all of our clients who come in um, and have a heart for this work. So by hiring people like that and sharing the vision, it's super easy, but also tell them what is it you're trying to work towards? Like, is it 20 new clients this month? Is it 10 new patients this month? And sharing that with them, you'd be surprised your staff, if they like you, <laughs> they like you. Yeah, that was a, that's another thing. Like your staff has to like you to want to do this. So that create, you have to have respect for them and they have to have respect for you. So once you kind of create that rapport with your staff, you can feed them your dream. And once they hear it, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm about to do this. I, we did it yesterday. And my front desk person who is new, she's like, I'm about to get these 15 new clients. And she already got one yesterday. And I was like, she's like 14 more to go. I've got my mindset on this. I'm going to do it. And it's because she's fired up and she loves where she works. She loves working with us. So I think all those things kind of play into it. But sharing the vision is, is a huge part. Share your vision. How many paid new patients do you want a month? How many new patients do you want for the year? How are you, and, and help them see how you get there. How do you get there? What are the rewards for that? I feel, yeah. Oh, what are the rewards? Yeah. So like, is it, um, and I'm not asking like specifically, Yeah. but is that obviously really important to get your team on board with your goals is like, and reward? Yes. I think they'll do it without reward most of the time, because if they love the work, they'll do it. But we, I try to create a fun environment. So it's Amazon gift cards, it's dinners, it's, but you know, it's funny. My husband did this one time and they were going to take a trip to like the Bahamas or something like that was going to be the end goal. And it like, they just didn't, they didn't really care about it. And I, and I, and at the time I know that the rapport wasn't there. The culture wasn't there for the office. So, you know, it's, it's, it's about having the goal, but you have to have good culture. If you don't have a healthy culture, they don't care about your goals. They do not care. They're just like, I'm just here for a check. And you've got to get them past that point of just wanting to be there for a check. And I feel like so many docs are um, like, it's almost like they want their staff to be more excited and enthusiastic than they are because they're in burnout. Right. So like if they're in burnout and they're just like, huh, like, and it's like, and so this is what you said is like, you needed to level up as a leader. Yeah. Had to. Yeah. 
because they they feed off of me. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, this last year, I've spent a lot of time on my brand and not as much on getting new clients. And it's shown showed it's not you as the leader of the office and as the owner that they're looking to like it's all on you. It's all on you. It's not your staff who is making the clients not come in. The patients come in. It's the doctor. It's the owner of the office because you hire the people. And if the culture you've created, or if you have a nasty person at the front desk, that's your fault. Mm-hmm. That's not the, that's not her fault for being there. It's your fault for keeping her there. So you have to take full. It's one of these books that I read called extreme leadership by Willows, Jack, Jack Willis. I think Jacko, what, what, where's that book at? I don't have it. Jocko Willis is his name. Um, and I read this book about extreme leadership and it just changed the way I thought about when running business, meaning that you as the owner have to take all the ownership of everything that goes wrong because who else is to blame? It's not necessarily, obviously your staff may, might make right, some right. mistakes, but it's you your didn't fault. Train them properly. Like you don't have enough training. Your systems and procedures are weak. You, mm-hmm. So, um, but going back to what you said to not, I'm sorry, I could just go on and on about like building business culture and getting your staff to do what you want them to do. But you have to obviously create rapport and respect for each other. Um, And you have to be a good leader. Once you share your vision with them, they will go all out to help that accomplishment happen. But I do think there should be rewards, right? I don't think the doctor should just go home with all the bags of money. And the staff are like, yeah, we worked our butts right. off yeah. to get you to that point. I do think there should be rewards, whether it's dinner or whether it's a spa day or whether it's a massage, things along the way. You know, sometimes I used to in the past just would surprise my staff with like, you know what? You guys have been so awesome. Here's a gas card. Here's a $25 gas card. Um, or we'll just have a regular staff meeting and we'll just, I'll put their names on a wheel of names, which is online. And I'll just like, let it spin and then give whoever a $25 gift card to Amazon. Um, one day I went into the office and I gave all of them a $25 Amazon gift card. They loved it. Like it's just small. And that's such a small thing to get to the goals that you really want to achieve. So that those, those are some of the ways that I do it. Do you, when you're doing your annual planning, do you talk to them about their personal, like, do you talk like, yes. so part of, you know, you're talking about like being a leader is you're the example. So like, do you, Yeah, I'm going to do air quotes, but I don't really mean air quotes. Do yeah. you waste time at your annual meeting talking about their health and emotional and yes. goals? Yeah. So let me tell you how we do it. So we at, 12, we have 12 months out the year. So my goal is to have, you know, obviously we have our professional trainings, but we also have personal development trainings where either we bring in speakers or which for the most part has been me (laughs) doing the speaking, but that's okay. Um, So, but one of the things that we do every year is have a vision board party. Um, So we, I, we actually set aside time to do a complete vision board party. And we have them all share their vision. Um, It's also part of our onboarding process as well, because sometimes we hire people in the middle of the year and we, to get to know them better, they have to do a digital uh, vision board on Canva and they have to share it with the entire team. And that's whatever their dreams are, just whatever they want to share on the vision board. So that's personal dreams, that's financial, that's professional. And it helps us to get to know them more. So we definitely spend time 
on their personal life because and their personal dreams, because I told them if I have a lot of connections to people that I know in different arenas, if I see a book that I'm like, you should read this, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur. I will, I want to be able to find those resources and hand them to you or send them to you as well. So I feel like as a leader, it's not just about me, you know, getting more clients. It's also about that this pit stop on their journey is something that they can, things that they can take with them forever. Um, and that also builds loyalty because I pour into them um, in their personal life. Just like I talk about burnout here, I'm going to do a whole burnout uh, session for them about burnout. Um, the same thing that I would do for someone else, you know, it'll be a, a, where I do a PowerPoint, we talk about meditation and mindfulness, but that's a big part of our culture. And I think it makes people want to stay at our office and it wants, they want to work for us. When we, when we talk about, I don't just care about the clients. I care about my staff as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, can I come work for you? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I won't be burned out. No, that's okay. So you're, so you said you do a vision for this annual planning meeting. You do a vision board. Yeah. So in January, we will do a vision board party. We'll have lunch. You know, we'll talk about the staff logistics stuff in the beginning, and then I'll let them work on their vision boards for an hour and a half and we'll have lunch. We laugh. See, that creates that, that rapport, you know, so that when I hit them with the heavy stuff, like we need so-and-so amount of clients, they're like, yeah, okay. Sure, I love it here. You know, if you want a Peloton. Here's how you get there. Exactly. exactly. So is that a separate meeting than the like annual planning meeting? Yeah. So what we do every we have a we have a staff meeting every single week. So every single week we have a staff meeting for an hour, and then what I will do what I will do is use that same time when we do uh, a staff meeting. So let's say our staff meetings are on Zoom because, of course, I live, you know, I run these remotely. I will take time out and we won't have that meeting and I'll go in person and then that'll be our staff meeting for that week. So I'll make it up in that way so that they're not um, spending time on Tuesday on the Zoom call and then spending like another two hours, um, you know, doing another thing. I'll combine it together like this staff meeting is going to be just this. Because we do meet every week. Okay. Okay. Well, I think you run a pretty nice, a tight ship. <laughs> you kind of have to, if you're not there. And I feel like yeah. that's what, um, I feel like that's kind of a good mental exercise uh, for a doc who's like, well, I don't know what, uh, what metrics, what goals, what rewards. It's almost like, well, imagine that you needed to run a clinic that was 500 miles away from you. What would you want them reporting on? Like if they reported back, what would you be like? Oh, that's great. What would be like, oh, what happened? You know, and kind of like walking through through that thought experiment of like, okay, that's that's a good place to start. Or at least that's, that's a really good, that's really a good point. Yeah, because like I said, not being there, I have to step up as a leader. I can't just walk in her office and be like, why did that happen with that so-and-so, you know? Um, that comes through uh, our relationship and our staff meetings every single week, like clockwork. We do not change that time. It is sacred time, um, where we sit down and we talk about everything that needs to be done or going on in the office. And since you're not there, how do you, you know, so like even for docs who let's say they have, they're not there all the time. 
Yeah. Um, how do you, without it getting catty and yeah. policey, yeah. Um, how do you hear about problems that need correcting? So um, that comes through the person. I have a lead person. So my lead person, so they're not just all down there, just like a crazy circus. I have a lead person that I connect with that I contact and she kind of runs that ship. So there needs to be one person that you trust um, in that position where you can call and say, Hey, what's going on for today? You know, Mm -hmm. tell me what's what, you know, tell me what happened with this patient. But we also have, um, you know, this goes into the systems. We also have like, uh, we're creating this, what we've created already. We have a dashboard. So we have a digital dashboard that we've created. It's not an app. We're probably going to make it into a software program at some point. Um, And it has like productivity on it. It has how many clients we have. So there's always a snapshot going on of what's going, what has been going on in the office. Um, But when it comes to problems and believe me, we have had some major, I mean, you know, we deal with major issues of people wanting to commit suicide. And, you know, we have to go through a whole protocol with those type of things. So we have some major issues that go on that we have to deal with that happen at a moment's notice. But definitely having that one person on the ground that is in charge and everyone else knows it. Not like planting a mole, right? Like not like, hey, you look around and see what's going on and then come back and tell me. Right. Um, um, So, you know, we don't create that. They know who's in charge. They know who to call when there's an issue. And then that person reports to me and then we deal with it. Got it. Got it. Well, okay. So final question, how do you have a mastermind, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for people who are like, I need Nima to fix my life. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So I would love to invite you all. I'm actually doing um, a couple things, but I won't, I won't, I'll try not to confuse you. <laughs> But um, I have a a Zoom call that I do where it's just an hour of free coaching. Like come, like we just did it last month. I'm going to do it again on December 16th. I'm not sure when this will air. Um, It'll air before then, but it's every month. I (laughs) I love you so much already. Um, But listen, it's going to be once a month for all of of 2022 or until people get tired of it. Um, But it'll be on a Thursday evening where you can just hop on a a call with a Zoom call and just kind of we're going to talk about goals. I'm going to have amazing speakers come in, whether it's a productivity coach, possibly other chiros, other leadership coaches. I have so many people in my back pocket that are ready to come on and pour into Um, people who are going to be on these calls. So if you're interested in that, definitely inbox me, follow me on Instagram. All platforms is Dr. Nima DC. So that's Dr. Just D-R and then my name, N as in Nancy, E-E, M as in Mary A, and then D-C, like doctor of chiropractic. Um, And you can find that on Instagram. Um, That's where I'm the most active, but you can also find- do you have a link or anything that I can I, in the show notes too? Yeah, I can, I can definitely uh, put a link. I'll send you a link so you okay. can put in the, in the show notes, but yeah, definitely follow me there and just shoot me your email address. If you want to be a part of my zoom calls, uh, we're going to be doing that. And then I'm launching um, something that's a little bit more in depth. If you want like weekly coaching, 
weekly coaching. Again, there'll be speakers. You also get uh, two phone calls with me where you can get like just one-on-one. Let's talk about the wheel of life that we kind of talked about. What do you want to work on? Let's create a plan. Let's talk about how do you really get there in real time, in real terms of how to achieve those goals. So I have that as well for those people who want to take a little bit step further into that is a paid um, and not like a ridiculous pay. That's only going to be $99 a month, but it's going to be group coaching all together where we'll meet every week. So that those are the couple things that I have coming out, but follow me on Instagram and I'll give you more information. Very cool. Um, look up Enneagram three, probably you're probably a three wing I'm two. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I want to know by the end of the episode, I like diagnosed them. And it's like Enneagram rule number one, you're not supposed to tell people what their Enneagram is. But <laughs> I just was like, no, nah, you're a three. And she's like making apps and turning dad, like doing this stuff. I'm like, okay, okay, three. Yeah, so <laughs> I love it. Well, you have been an absolute delight. Um, thank you so much. I love much. you already. I wish you lived near me so we could hang out. You can start a clinic in my town. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wait, you're in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, but like North Wisconsin. Like, oh, so like close my to town is 8,000 people. Wait, not Canada. Canada is not close to you. <laughs> I mean, it's like two hours north of here. Okay, so I wasn't too off on my mm-hmm. geography. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. All right, she slayers. Make sure you check out the link below in the show notes. Um, go follow her on all the platforms. She is just delightful and um until next week bye so much fun bye everybody hey she slayers are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love sked has exactly what you're looking for they will automate all your appointment reminders missed appointment reminders reactivation campaigns allow you to have two-way texting with your patients plus they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.